Hi, I'm Heather Morrison. On each show, guests share stories from their lives in theater, film, and TV. So grab your tights and tap shoes and meet the geeks in the green room. My guest on this episode is Bridget Cutchall, a multi-talented producer, writer, podcaster, and newbie short filmmaker. She is also the founder of Gemini Media, her own publishing company. Bridget created a short film called Adaptations with Hannah Cranfill and Isha Griffin, who met in a screenwriting class and who all wrote, produced, and acted in the short. Bridget is the author of two books, Real Things, Six Ways to Embrace Life, and the second is Expecting the Good, Inspiration from a Badass with a Big Heart. Check out the show notes for links to her podcast, books, and website. So, Bridget, we're here with Bridget Cutshaw today. We're going to see how this works because <laughs> this is cool. I haven't done any research on Bridget. Bridget comes as a referral through our podcasting group. So, welcome. If it doesn't work out, nobody will hear it. If it works out, great. <laughs> Perfect. For I'm Geeks in the that. Green Room. So, Bridget, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I've been in the printing and publishing industry for over 25 years, and I got connected in the podcast thing because I, did, I was in the first group of Alt-MBA. I don't know if you're familiar with that, with Seth Godin's Alt-MBA. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got down the path of getting out of the podcast group. So I, I've lived in Metro Atlanta for probably almost 30 years. I grew up in Georgia, but I wasn't born here. I'm a military brat. So <laughs> moved around a lot. And then um, I eventually met my husband. He was in the military, right? But I was a college student, and then I ended up transferring to University of Wisconsin, where he's from. So I joke how how I got into printing and publishing. It's by accident. As a college student, had a part-time job, and I liked it. (laughs) The industry is changing constantly. Every industry is because of tech. And I've always enjoyed helping people create content and books and, and write. And I have two sons who are adults now, which is hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> and how of the time, time just goes by fast every single day. And I'm a trail runner and a dog lover. <laughs> wow. No, that's great. So what is your, what is your connection to the arts in that way? Well, the arts in that way, well, when I was a college student, I was at a dance troupe. Uh, in Wisconsin. And when I moved back here and I stopped when I had children, it's kind of hard to do that. And then during the, when this pandemic started here in Atlanta, we have the Atlanta Film Society. I just, I, I joined the Georgia Production Partnership a long time ago, which helps production aspect of film and, and things like that and communications. Well, I decided to take a screenwriting class because I had to I was wanted to learn something. I've always wanted to learn to write a, a script. One of the reasons behind it is that my second book I wrote, uh, someone who interviewed me, a journalist, said my second book would make a great film or feature film, not a documentary. So I'm like, I have no idea how to write that. <laughs> it's totally different, right? That kind of writing. So that's what prompted me to do the class. And it was in April, I think the beginning of the pandemic. And I met two other women online through that class. And one of the ladies is a teacher and her brother is in the film industry. And he recommended 
to do a short film, write a short film, right? And there was a, there's a, uh, there's features, not features, what do you call it? Every year they have these, con- not contests, but they had one going on this year in Atlanta. Like a short film festival? Yeah, it's a festival. That's the word. Of course, it was screwed up because of the COVID. So they extended the date to submit something. So we're, she's like, let's just, who's interested? And I raised my hand and said, I'm interested. And another woman in Atlanta is interested. So my background is writing, but more in the books. And Hannah is the teacher. And the other lady works for Cox Media. She does video editing. So we came up with the storyline. I helped come up with the storyline and I edited the script. We each kind of wrote our part and then we filmed it with our iPhones. And, <laughs> and then we sent, so we we had to write it out like a, almost like an outline so that Isha could edit it properly and then we would edit it again. And so we, when, so Hannah submitted it for us, we were, up front saying we did this during the lock. I call it a lockdown. We did it during the lockdown. We never met each other in person. We did eventually one scene at the end. We shot that first, the scene at the end, it kind of worked backward as we met at a park. It, it is based on three, three women who are dealing with this pandemic. We're at each different phases in our life. Like my sons are adults, but we kind of made it satirical. Long story short, it was submitted and it was selected to be screened. Oh, at great. The, Congratulations. Right. We're, we're like, we have never done this before. It helped that Isha, the girl with the video editing experience, that probably helped tremendously. But we had that. We had to go through it and tweak it a lot. So it's something that you, you connect with somebody we never met before. We had these great ideas and we worked together and collaborated. And it was selected. It was a Two weeks ago, it was screened, but we couldn't do it at the Plaza Theater, which is a, the oldest theater in Atlanta, but they couldn't do it inside because of they still don't allow that in, inside. So they had it in a drive-in theater to be screened. And great right, yeah, right, so great. But what was so freaky about it? Well, going there, there's a thunderstorm in Atlanta that <laughs> <It> was lightning. <laughs> We didn't, they might, you know, it was borderline of being canceled, but the lightning stopped. The screening started like, I think at, um, I think it was nine after nine o'clock because you, you know, here in the summer, you have to do a little bit later, but it stopped. It was like really cool. Right. And then we would listen to the audio through, uh, tune into a radio station, a local radio station. So they had the audio there. So we were one out of seven films. All short films. Yeah. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Right. We were the second one and we stayed the entire time because my husband came with me. And so then they're going to also have a virtual screening. They haven't uh, announced that when that's going to happen yet. So people can vote on it because not that many people can fit in a drive-in theater, like, you know, drive-in. So that was like something totally unexpected. I never knew this woman, but we both had a, we just connected through the screenwriting class and then Hannah sent the link to our screen uh, writing t- instructor, whatever she does a lot. She's a producer too, and she lives in Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> so wow. they s- sit and she really liked it. And she gave us some feedback. You know, she, she said she wasn't confused because that, you know, we've never <laughs> done this. Right. We didn't done that. We've never done this before. Right. And 
so she wasn't, that was really good. We had it, we kept it at 15 minutes. She suggested maybe some tweaks, like keep it down, get it down to 12 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. But usually the, the most long, you know, the longest short films out there are like 20 minutes. But so that's why we gave the target of 15 and we made it fit. But part of that 15 minutes included the credits at the end mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But it, I, you know, it was so cool working with these women. And then it was so hard not when I did meet them at the park as part of the end of the story, we were, it was so hard not to hug them because I'm one of those people, I'm a hugger, right? And I've never had <laughs> to be careful, but it was, yeah. had, one of the women had, has two kids. And so they were in the, in the film too. It's, it's, it's really the, the teacher having to deal with this last minute teaching at home. And then the mother who had kids in school and she's working full time and she's a single mom trying to deal with it. And then I'm the mom who has adult kids who's trying to help my teacher friend. That's kind of, because mm-hmm. see, everybody was like anxious and depressed and, you know, it was kind of, I made it satirical, <laughs> sarcastic, is that the right, right word, but uh-huh. it was totally unexpected. Well, that's, and what was the class that you took in uh, out of LA? It's called Screenwriting 101, and it was through the Atlanta Film Society. Oh, okay. And I did do a producer class at the end of 2019, because my background is in production, but in books, so I wanted to learn about it, so I you know, meeting people that way. And then all this stuff happened. Right. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of, I think of being a producer is very um, natural for me because I am detail oriented and organized. So that kind of helps. And you have to deal with so many different types of personalities, but I also like to write. And that's why I, I was challenged myself to write and and, you know, but I think it helps to have working with other people and getting feedback from each other, especially in that industry. Just saying, I muted myself because there's a helicopter. <laughs> of course. The, the realities of, you know what, I'm just going to let it be in there. I don't know. It's not like I have a team to edit this stuff out, but I'm just going to. That's okay. The hell, right? Yeah. At least my dog's. My dogs haven't barked yet, so that's yeah. good. <laughs> well, that's okay. You know what? I we as podcasters, we're trying to get like the best sound possible. But the reality is, is that I live. Or Oakland is quite urban. I have no idea what's going on out there. Right. I have to, have to. Something's happening every weekend. I'm like going. I smell smokes the other day, and I went outside. I'm like, okay, is it is it nearby? I can't go for my walk because the air quality is bad. Is it coming? Right. From wow. The earth or and then it's like helicopters. Okay. Is there a protest I don't know about? <laughs> right. And here in Atlanta, we have a protest too, but I'm, I'm in more of a metro. I'm like 30 miles Northwest of Atlanta, but we're still, it's so much congestion up here now because a lot of people are moving to Atlanta because it's cheaper to live here than like New York, you know? Oh, I bet. And that's what we got going on. And that, then we got the film industry, which is doing well here. But at the same time, production, as you know, shut down and they just started opening again and it's now July. So you can just imagine, you know, uh, how that's affected every industry. Yeah. So Georgia Peach, right? The Georgia Georgia Peach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I think um, Hallmark did some of their filming uh, 
they do a lot in in Canada. Um, I know, but um, and you can tell with that with the vowels, right? The um, <laughs> the O's. You remember one of my favorite movies is called The Accountant. You know, what I'm talking about. Um, I live on Lake Altoona. The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Okay. And we we're watching it, and we we're like, "Holy crap! That's the bridge on our lake." <laughs> They're shooting a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, you're like, we're recognizing like, so that, I mean, I like the movie. And then at the very end when he, cause he's a little you know, crazy. He, he's um, leaving with his, uh, he's got like a learning disability in a way, but he's also mm-hmm. a uh, good at, uh, I don't know, spy, but killing people. Right. So he has this little trailer and he's driving with all his ammunition under the bridge. So we, so we get, uh, even o- Ozark is filmed here on my lake. Oh, yeah. Um, the Walking Dead. Um, wow. I had interviewed what the storyboard guy for The Walking Dead on my podcast last month. Oh, cool. And he just wrote a book. What? Right. So I had no idea who he was. And um, you, you hear what? So he's called the story, uh, the Godfather storyboard in Hollywood. His name is Mark um, God, what? Simon. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he does all the storyboards and he he was the guy that did all the stuff for walking dead. And, but he's here in Atlanta and because they, it, it, it's just really interesting how the film industry is, is, is changing too, because of technology is helping, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need everybody to be in the same city. And I've, I was, you know, the only other thing I mentioned, well, you mentioned it, if I've done anything else, I was an extra in a Tyler Perry movie <laughs> about eight years ago okay. because I'm like, why not? Right. Yeah, so they no, needed sure. a suburban. My son convinced me to do it. My other son, I'm like, okay, they're not going to pick me. But I think they picked me because it was like an, they wanted some big vehicles, like an airport scene. And so they, I have a white suburban, but then I ended up, they changed location. They didn't have it out in a smaller airport, we moved it to a different place. And so I was in some scenes, uh, like Ella, um, not an, an Ella, but an escalator with him as Medea. <laughs> and, oh, wow. But you probably can't see me because I'm so small compared to him. <laughs> and, but it was, um, I just like to try different things. Right. And, and, and I knew that I would not want to be an extra though, after that, that experience. That I've was, done it too. It's not, it's it, not fun. <laughs> oh, it's not. I was starving and you're standing for 12 hours, right. Even though they're providing food, um, you're still standing in all the reshoots. And anyway, that I've always been interested in anything creative. Right. So I've always been drawn to writing and that's kind of why I took the screenwriting, but then I've also, I realized being a producer would be beneficial mm-hmm. because of my background in producing books. It's, it's sort of similar. You got to deal with a lot of different people, yeah, right? People yeah. don't realize that. <laughs> yeah. And personalities. A lot of personalities. Yes. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. I got to deal with a lot of personalities. <laughs> Good thing I'm calm. Yeah. You seem <laughs> I mean, very calm. I think um, I am. <laughs> what is a what? What is your podcast about? What are you doing? It's again? called Real Things. It's Real Things Living, and it's an offshoot of my first book, which is called Real Things: Six Ways to Embrace Life. And then I was promoting my second book, Expecting the Good. And I was on podcasts, 
And I'm like, I really like this, right? So that's why I started it, my own. And now more people are interested in it because it is, because we're all dealing with something and it's about resilience and it's what real life is about, right? Yeah. And we're, and then, and, and perseverance and then connecting with others because that's how we get through. We come up with better ideas and solutions and things like that. And that's kind of how, you know, I got into it. So just, it was an impulse. I thought I would try it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, I've been doing it for over a year now and it's, it's doing fine, man. I started doing some video clips. People like the video clips too. Yeah. That's fun. So you have a, a YouTube channel or, a, or um, a website now? Or I started, I have a, my web, my personal website has a podcast page. And so I just updated it and I just updated the logo um, because before I was using some free version, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't right. you know if I, I didn't want to put money into it right. in the beginning, but people yeah. like the concept. And then I started a YouTube channel. I don't have a lot of followers because there's so much noise on there, but I created a YouTube channel just so I could put a place for the, some videos mm-hmm. and then for the cl- video clips that are used to be shared on like social media. I'm terrible at social media. Um, you can uh, learn. and you don't have to right. do all of it. You could, choose, no. you know, you can choose one or two to focus on. Right. I've, I've used link. I've done well on LinkedIn because I, my background is business to business. Right. So that's why and I got the idea for recently to help get business opportunities with my podcast. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that you get connections with others. And so that's kind of, kind of how I met Mark, maybe, you know, where I haven't got anything, but you just don't know how you're going to get different opportunities. People learn and hear about you more. Mm-hmm. And by trying to keep it, you know, connected to has something, most of the people that I've had on there are authors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is good there, but they're talking about something they've dealt with. Not every, not every one of them were authors, but majority of them were, I looked at the, at the theme there probably because I know a lot of authors because I'm in writing and publishing. That's probably yeah. part of it. So you connected to the storyboardist Mark on LinkedIn. I connected with, he's not on LinkedIn, but it was through, um, I can't think of a podcast page, which is no longer, uh, this guy who ran it, um, what connect with me on LinkedIn. He said, here you can find some guests. And I looked at it and Mark said, I'm willing to be a guest. I got a new book. I'm like, Perfect. He's in Atlanta. That's kind of how it happened. But wow. that guy who started it was based in England, but he stopped to have the, with the platform because he's got it got quiet during is that the right word during this pandemic. But I think that's normal. A lot of places got quiet, right? I didn't do any podcasting in the beginning of the pandemic because I didn't know what to do, <laughs> right? Right, but you don't have to be in the same place. I mean, look at you. I'm in Oakland. And, tw- and I've tweaked perfect. it a little bit. I'm yeah. just listening and reading and getting advice from other people. And, and then this guy reached out to me and he's like, your idea would be good to get business leads. And who cares? It's really about quality and not the quantity, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people worry about the downloads. Who really cares, to be honest with you? And and Mark Simon didn't care. He wanted to get his message out there because his book, his most recent book is called Attacked, right? And so I was trying to help him get the message out there. He was bullied as a child or in high school, really bad. 
And wow. these people, it, it was a gang. Oh, wow. And they ended up attacking his family, but it was cathartic for him to actually, it took him like over 12 times to write this over a long time wow. to be open about it. And so it gave some good advice if you're dealing with it, or if your child is dealing with it, because we, you know, we're all guilty based on our words. We could have bullied somebody that we didn't, you know what I'm saying? When we're younger, you don't think about that. Yeah. And that's really what he, and I, I know I was bullied in certain ways, but nothing like the way he was. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I said something at some point you, cause we can't, none of us are innocent, <laughs> right? It is right. all in how we, one thing he brought up too, is we got to stop the victim blaming. Why are we like putting like if a woman is raped, right? Why are we focusing on her? What about the guy that hurt her? You know what I'm right. saying? Or it's usually a man, you know what I'm saying? And why aren't we focused? You know, he, he has some good points there. And that's was totally unexpected. I had no idea who he was. He just, but there, I, you know, I could probably connect you to some other podcasts, places where we can get guests or, you know, people who are interested in that, that, that yeah. was helpful. That was motivating because, um, kind of, it helps you get your message out there and Hey, I'm available kind of thing. And it, yeah, uh, please, do. please email it, me that information. It's a great, um, concept and podcasting became very popular during this right yeah and and it's people just want to even though books are important that's why I created an audio version and in in one of my podcast episodes I created or I released a chapter that (laughs) I thought we're just trying to I was trying different things and yeah and people people like that too so uh it's about yeah, it's just like trying different things. We've got to keep adjusting. That's what is happening with this pandemic. Trying different things. Life is short. I mean, I just naturally am, I look at the good at something, even though right now it's like, holy crap, right? Mm-hmm. But we will all have to adjust in some shape or form down the road. And I think uh, I'm just so glad, like I tried to get involved with the Atlanta Film Society because I just saw something that I could fit in there, you know, somehow with my skill, my skill set. Yeah. And it'll happen eventually. Right. But like the first short film I ever submitted with uh, two other women, it was selected for, I mean, that was just blew my mind because you just don't know unless like Seth go now, how, how long you've been reading his stuff, but you don't know when she put it out there. Right. You really don't. It's, you don't know who you're going to touch. Correct. And, and I'm like, I never would have met you if I hadn't have connected on the podcast. Um, what's it called? And what was the class called? I forgot already, but it's on yeah. forward link. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, But they've changed yeah. it because okay, it's now called the podcast workshop, which is, a, I think, a better name. Yeah. Than PPF. Right. It was yeah. Steve uh, Hetherington uh, says like within, you know, with like now they're on to, I was in pod five, they're in pod six. So I just, just completed. I gotcha. My program. Yeah. I did uh, the first one. I seemed to just jump in and dive in as a guinea pig. It was, I jumped in the beta, just like the alt NBA. (laughs) And I, I just wow. like, I'm up open to it because I was learning and starting to listen more to things. And I was, 
you know, my company is called Gemini Media. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what other services can I help my clients with? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I wanted to, to uh, get more involved. And, and again, being a guest on other podcasts, I was like, this was so cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Yeah, it, it really is cool. And I mean, my reach is, you know, I'm at the beginning. I've inter- I've put up a trailer and two episodes. I'm, I'm finishing up a third episode. I interviewed somebody that's going to be two-parter because we talked for so long. Right. <laughs> and it was fun. I don't know how much fun it will be for other people to listen to. Hopefully it will be. And then today I talked to somebody uh, that Lana suggested and I thought, well, I might as well record this, you know, why not record right. it? You know, right. um, cause, uh, getting ready for a podcast and like move my computer. So I'm talking into my closet to try to get a better sound. Right. Here. I thought about that too. Right. Here, I thought just, about that too. Yeah. I mean, here I'm just sitting, I'm just sitting here. I mean, I do got my headset on here on my microphone. Um, and I just, I'm using my desktop and so I'm like, you know, why not? You know, it's the whole sc- that scrappy, that word scrappy. I'm like, like if you're going to spend time with somebody and almost everybody's interesting has a story or a couple stories to tell. Why not just record it and it becomes an episode? I don't know why I'm being so precious about it. it right. And people get to worry too much. Uh, people like my podcast because I make it more uh, conversational, right? I get a baseline and we, there has to be a reason for them to be talking for us to be talking in the first place. But I got, I like that, that it's conversational. And I think that's what I learned in the, the podcast TPF, whatever they call it now. That's kind of what I, 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 that's what I like, right? Maybe that's what it is. I like that. Nothing. I don't like things on a podcast to be too rigid. (laughs) So maybe your idea just to record this conversation, you know, it's a good idea. And because you don't know what's going to come out of our mouths. (laughs) You do. And that's the fun part, right? And I was doing a bunch of research and research is good because if you're talking to somebody, you don't know anything about it, then you can sound more knowledgeable. And that did bring me some comfort, but I think you can still have a really good podcast, just having a conversation, asking some questions and listening. You yes. never know, like this whole thing with you talking to Mark Simon and right. writing a, she, you know, I thought, oh, she's going to talk about books. I, mean, I had no idea what you were going to talk about, which is so much right. fun. I'm like, this is fun, kind of like not right. Like you just started. It's like, what's going to happen? I, I like that. You know? Right. It, it was, I wanted to help Mark with his book. Right. And yeah. he, he's got a lot of good ideas and I can refer you, him to you because I'm sure he, you, you probably, I don't know um, what his schedule is because he told me things are starting to pick up. Um, uh-huh. but he, he's here in, in Atlanta, but like I said, it doesn't matter um, I'm sure a lot of the stuff everywhere, we're all doing Zoom meetings. I'm sure that's probably what he's, they had to be careful with, as you know, the crew, number of crews having same one building in one room. They're still kind of. Yeah. I'm not sure how they're doing that. I'm sorry. Right, I don't really know either. To hear that was opening up and I'm like, really? How is that going to work? Correct. It's because you know? it, you're at the actors and that's kind of why we thought our little short film was funny because we used our iPhones. <laughs> No, but you know what? People are making movies with their iPhones. I right. Mean, and cameras it's are I, really good on those. Right. I have an 11. I have an 11 in it and a camera is really good. So it was more, I'm not a good actress, but, but it was, we're just, 
I wasn't in it much. I helped write and create the storyline. I was at the end, but that was more of a supporting thing. So it was, you just don't know unless you open yourself up to it. And I learned a lot. People like my writing. I realized it's more dialogue style and that kind of fits in with screenwriting. I didn't know that right until I uh, met those other people and took that class. And it, it, what was really cool about the, the class too is she shared a lot of resources. She shared all of our contact information with each other. Mm-hmm. So to stay, you know, to collaborate if we wanted to on something. But I only really connected with two or three other people because that still can be overwhelming. Um, you're learning, you're learning you had like a lot. probably. You know, you're yes. like, and if something's new, it, there's a there's a big difference between writing a script and saying, okay, let's shoot it. That yes. is, to- I've done it. So I know that, I mean, I, I've i taken classes for the sake of taking classes. I did take a workshop locally that, that the point was to create a short film at the end of it. Um, and most people didn't, but because I'd already made some short films and been on some sets hobbyist level I knew I could do it like I had gone through the process so I knew what it felt like and what it looked like I'm not saying I was a pro by any means but right. I kind of knew what went and I'm like okay okay I get it okay I get it. it's a project you got a project manager you got to get people together well you know I had I had enough of a sense that I could go from script to relatively right. finished <laughs> right you know but really yeah, it's a huge learning process. There's so it is, and that's why I was afraid. I was afraid, but I felt comfortable because one of the ladies worked at Cox Media, so she kind of knew the production process with the editing, the video editing. And there is another class called Short Film One Hundred and One. Mm-hmm. I I I did sign up for that, but I didn't um, learn as much from that as I did from screenwriting. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because my brain was more focused on the writing aspect. You know, I just like that. Maybe you know how we're just drawn to something. Yeah. Well, that's that's fantastic. Good for you. You know, right? You just don't know. <laughs> it's an accomplishment. You never know. Right. Meet. Because when I was doing the hobbyist thing, because I came in with a community theater background, like I'd done acting and been a part of that, and the people I was talking to who were in the group most of them did not have any kind of acting background they had the fans they had red cameras they had great sound equipment they had their thing they were technical and so I started helping people with their casting so I I did like Ah. I don't know four or five I don't I've lost track because it was like 10 years ago but I helped a bunch of people cast their short films so I met a bunch of people and I still am in contact with some of those people. A couple of them have been on my podcast. So, awesome! Yeah, so it's a it is a fun way to meet to meet people, although we can't do it the same way. But, <laughs> right. yeah. It's it's we're all adjusting and learning differently. You know, it it and uh, that's one thing too. I think we're still missing some of the the, the vibe. You know, when we're in person. But this is oh, yeah. this is to me the video is better than just having the on the phone um so it's kind of in between so it's still it's still good and yeah. it it is so cool that I just stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit because I'm like I don't want to feel sorry for myself during this pandemic because some of the business that I was doing I had some projects going on but then at the end of that 
you didn't know where it was going to happen because they were they didn't shut down the printing plants, thankfully, because they were considered essential uh, huh. as part of the supply chain, thankfully. Because if you think about it, I mean, you got to have you know packagers or doing or point of purchase displays or things like that. You still need them for the retail and things like mm-hmm. that. So each state. I think the state of Pennsylvania was going to, so I was very worried about that, closing that down, but they didn't, that's what helped. But then you've got clients, they've got to have the money to be spending on their books and things like that, or training right. materials. That's, that's, that's going to be effective. Effective, the training classes are going to be moved yeah. online. So it's, it's just everything is, has to adjust everywhere. It's a little bit, they're all just trying to find their new groove. <laughs> Is that the yeah. right word? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's definitely the right word. So in the rhythm, something. Yeah, rhythm and groove. It's a dance. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, it is a dance. I think that's how I think too, because I was a dancer. I, I think in the steps and the count of eight. <laughs> yeah, a five, six, seven, eight. I do. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible. It makes total sense. So you right. you probably know that the the documentary about the. Uh, the re um what's the right word they they redid chorus line on broadway several years ago and they uh-huh. did um a documentary about it called every little step and you can watch it on amazon prime if you have amazon prime for free yeah uh if you liked chorus line you will love this okay i wrote this down every little, every step. little step yes amazon prime okay yeah, I can't watch that. I own the DVD. I can't watch it before I go to bed. I can't watch it at night. You're too excited, right? Too exciting. <laughs> because Equity gave um, the production company unprecedented access to the actors during the whole process, including auditions. Wow. So you get to see Equity people sing and audition. Uh, so it's like a you know you're peeling the hat you know back behind the scenes, which obviously right. theater geek here right loved it. So I hope you'll enjoy that. Um, My sister was in theater, by the way. She was uh, really good. She was very. She's a uh, teacher now. I think that helps you to have a theater background to be a seventh grade teacher. Oh my gosh, seventh grade is seventh grade <laughs> middle school or. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Ooh, uh, that's tough. very hormonal age, right? And they're having to deal with this stay-at-home stuff still. Uh, every county is different, but she has to go in. But the kids right now in the beginning oh. are, right? But the students will stay at home right now. So there's going to be protests. Sorry to change it tomorrow about that. The parents are, you know, I don't, I'm so glad my kids aren't young anymore. I have yeah. to deal with this. I have empathy for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's that's tough. Yeah, I had a neighbor whose daughter she she works for an organization where she was required to go in, right? Um, and her daughter is kindergarten or first grade, and because because of COVID, she couldn't have her at home. There was nobody to take care of her daughter. So, so a friend of the family had to kind of take her in right, for a couple months. So she wasn't able wow. to really see her daughter, oh. a very young daughter, for a handful of months. Now she's back, and I'm not sure how they're – I don't know. Anyway, 
it's tough. It's she's it a single is. mom, I, single mom without much. Oh, that resources makes it worse. Support, yeah, it's it's really tough. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I'm curious in publishing. Um, so, what? Tell me what you do in publishing again. Do are are you? Uh, what are you? What do you do? Well, my company, right? I have print production management. It's really what it is. Okay. I manage the people hire me to, uh, it's more detailed than people realize. A lot of publishers have narrowed down their, their staff members. So they'll need someone like me. I've worked with corporations too and nonprofits to manage their, their print projects. And some of them are pretty large. Uh, my largest client does training material for people who are going to be certified in project management. So he lets me manage his project, <laughs> but, but he trusts because I've been in the business long that they trust me. And I, I know I look at the different options and give feedback because he came to me. He was referred to me a long time ago because his books were falling apart. Well, that's terrible for your brand. If your books are falling apart, right? I mean, like and, physically, they, the binding, physically they were falling apart. Okay. Uh-huh. Eventually, right. I'm like where he was using the wrong type of printer and the equipment. So I know where to go. I've partnered with different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've managed another client of mine. They're an international nonprofit. I'm helping manage the U.S. stuff, but they've sent me overseas before to like um, to India as a, as a consultant, kind of because their quality in it, it was really crappy. So I went there to look at the plants to see what was going on. I understand the manufacturing process because I used to work for, I was like a product manager for a manufacturer that did the largest equipment. And then I've worked in, you know, account management for publishers and stuff like that. So I've been around, I know every angle if that makes sense. So I have a, it was very male dominated industry. So I stood out because I was um, maybe because I was female, but because I just uh, tell people the truth. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, you have to yeah. because production, it just depends. And, and, and a lot of stuff right now, you know, paper is hard to get, was hard to get last year because some of the, paper plants were closing. So there's a lot of little moving parts in the supply chain. Right. And, and I think that's going to be affected again too, because some people have been importing their paper from like, you know, China. Most of the paper that we use here in the U S comes from North America, meaning Canada and the U S. So there's so many different types of options and just, sizes and I try to convince people, you know, to look at the different options and solutions and get their budget. That's kind of what I do. And that's kind of it's like a producer in the field where you gotta look at the budget, you gotta look at timeline, you gotta that's really what I'm hired to do. That's kind of why I'm like, huh, maybe I can do some that's kind of why I took that producer class back in like in November or something like that. Yeah. But it it was uh Something I, I, I just enjoy. It's really, it's about content and how you're going to get the, the word out there and the communications. And it could be video. It could be, you know, ink on paper. That's what I call it. It could be on a podcast. It could, you know, there's so many ways what, what the goal is of what the, the message the customer's trying to get out. And, and right now, based on my size of my company, it's medium, small to medium. Uh, back in the day, I worked large corporate C-level clients, right? That when I was working for somebody. So, mm-hmm. so I'm used to 
dealing with different kinds of people and different personalities. And cause you're dealing with, right. You've just, you know, and I, I was told one time too, I think this, I'm sorry that when I was, I just got out of college and I started getting into all this and I wanted to be in a sales role because I saw those, those salespeople were making a lot of money. Yeah. And I said, I wanted to do it. And the vice president of sales told me that I was too nice and I was a girl and I wouldn't be successful. So yeah, wow. I was like, okay. And I smiled and then I left and I got a job at a, another company, a big publisher. So there you go. And my first client was IBM. So, wow. <laughs> right. You know, so is that motivated me to, yeah. I'm one of those people to tell me I can't do something, <laughs> but they didn't really, just because I was nice, doesn't mean I'm not going to be successful. That, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, but that created, you know, people trusted me. And I think that's what change, I think is more people out there like me. We're doing that. We're, it's not just about the bottom line and, and, and that's kind of what I saw a lot in the corporate world. And that's kind of why I'm okay doing my own thing. It is, it's, it's all, um, what's the word It's changing in that regard too. people are standing up. And money, money, I like money, right? But at the same time, you have to be fair and, and you, you have to work with other people and have relationships and trust each other and come up with solutions. And that's kind of what I call myself. I do so I provide solutions to on these print projects and yeah. giving them ideas and based on, again, like, I don't call myself a producer because when you look that up, you think of movies, right? Yeah. So, but it could be applied to uh, printing and publishing and publishers are, um, there's so much going on with that world too, because of technology and print. Got some of the big guys out there. Authors are having to do a lot of the marketing themselves. And there's so much, there too. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, nuances or that you could do. That's why self-publishing has gotten so popular. Mm-hmm. It's because you can do it in, um, efficiently because of the technology of the printing. However, you still got to market it, right? So it's hard both ways. So you've got to really be passionate about what you're doing. And a lot of authors, they do it because it gives them some credibility. Like I'm an expert in this or that kind of thing. Yeah. And it helps. It, a lot of, that's why there's a lot of business books out there. It helps drive business. And for me, I, my podcast, I might sort of do it because I wanted to get talk about my book. But then like, oh, there's an opportunity. I can bring in more business for me, for my company. Right. Because yeah. it's just being in a background in business development, it's so different now to reach out to people. I, I, it's just over. We didn't have this kind of technology back then. I started it when email was very first coming out, right? Yeah. It was rare to email people. And, but then now I had, on it. Yeah, now, right. And now it, right. And so I did have to travel a lot. That was the hard part when my kids were young. Um, I did have to travel a lot, but my husband was able to work at home and my sister helped a lot. And, but I was just, I guess that that man put that in my head. You're a woman, you're too nice. You're not going to be, that kind of was in the back of my head. And, and I, 
you know, I'm like, what the heck? Why can't I be nice? So um, I don't want to be a bitch. Excuse me. I hope. But I mean, but it, I can't be, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you just got to, oh. it's in the right, but you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. I'm, everybody's like, they, I got respect because of that. And that's why I want to encourage other girls or to do the same thing. And, but I never really had, you know, in the, like I said, it was a male dominated industry. I did have some dealt with sexual harassment, getting off the tangent here, but I never had anything bad because of my, I was married. I really, truly think that helps, yeah. you know what I'm saying? To have a husband at home and who was the ex-military, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm just being funny, but, and they, they knew these guys knew that I would not put up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. There were some weird things. Yeah. But I just kind of would blow it off, but that was kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's like to be younger in the mail. And I just don't know. And I think there's so many changes constantly and that's why it's so good to connect and talk because you've got to be able to adjust and look at different perspectives and try to have empathy uh, for people. And like my son just graduated high, uh, sorry, college. What a terrible time to graduate. Right. But he'll be okay. He's had two job interview. I mean, uh, job interviews. So, but he, you know, I said, you just gotta be persistent. And be, and it's all about how you're engaging and connecting with everybody. It's to me, it's about now we focus on trust and authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't be easy getting out of school. My niece just started college, and so she had to leave college her first time away. From oh home. no, really? Yeah, and she was loving it, which was great. She connected with some people really early on and was becoming fast friends. But you know, with the pandemic, so she she came home. And finished it online. Her first year, right? Yeah, first year. But she's super smart. So like in high school, she was taking college classes. Right. Got out of high school early and continued on a community college. So I don't, I think she might've been entering as a junior. Oh, wow. That's my nephew did the same thing, right? Something. Yeah. He didn't like the last semester because he has a biology degree. You have lab classes. You can't do lab. You couldn't do lab classes at home. Yeah. So he had to write papers. So he's, you know, that was hard. He said he, he really missed, he's used to college being around everybody else and he couldn't. And there were no graduation ceremonies. They're all virtual. You know, my nephew, this it's tough. And I feel for these kids and how this is going to affect them down the road. But then I try to, put a pot, like I said, I don't know what people make fun of me sometimes, but I just try to put a, you know, just look at the good, how, what's going to come out of this. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. Maybe because the way I was raised, uh, I, I don't know. It is your environment has a lot to do with it. I think. Yeah. That's part of the resilience, right? Your book is about resilience. Do you it want is. to talk about your book a little bit? The first or the, yeah, why not? The first one, either way, yeah, the real things I wrote it after I, I didn't say it, I had cancer again. So I got him. Yeah, I had it twice. <laughs> and so I wrote the book. I was like, uh, just inspired to do it. Like, you know, I got to do this. And my sons were, I think my youngest was in 
Oh, freshman in high school. My oldest, yeah, he was a freshman in college. Or may, I don't always a senior in high school. I can't remember. But I'm like, I gotta, I've always helped people with their books. I'm going to do one. So I had a lot of content on my blog. And, and I created, there's a theme behind it. It was real things. How to embrace life. And that's kind of what I wrote about. And then I got to present it in uh, Lincoln Jazz Center in New York. Wow. It, that was cool and scary at the same time. And, but I was with other authors. I wasn't by myself. And, but it was really cool. And the second book I was inspired to write it after the, it's called Expecting the Good. My stepfather died unexpectedly um, at, at home of a heart attack. And we're like, and I always, when I was younger, there's a lot of tension with him because my mom got, my parents got divorced when I was like 15 or 16, you know, <laughs> and then, you have an attitude anyway. So, but he's always very positive and supportive with us. And he's the one that glue, you know, uh, made us more connected to our mother because we were like, you know, it's dealing with divorce is terrible. And yeah, so we, I met a lot. He was a West Point graduate. He's 82nd Airborne Commander, Special Forces. He did all this stuff, but he, we never knew any of that stuff because they can't share it. And he was always so positive. He never had his own biological kids. His kids were me, my brother, my sister, you know, my mom's kids. And so we, I had shared a lot of stories. I had the forward written by a Lieutenant General who he graduated West Point with. And that was really nice to him because he had always, you know, he was, a. it was called expecting the good inspiration from a badass with a big heart. Because he was, and he, I just look back, you know, my upbringing, how much of a positive aspect he had on everybody that he met, not just us. And he taught me how to drive a stick shift. He taught me, he bought me my first car, which was a stick shift. (laughs) That's why I had to learn to drive it and things like that. (laughs) So it was important because then I could drive anything. Right. And he helped pay for my first year of college. That's a different, another story too. You know, I stayed at, when my mom got remarried, I stayed with my dad and that was tumultuous. You know, it was just hard on everybody, but you know, you're just like, I want to get the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And so they invited me to go move to North Carolina, go to college. I'm like, so I did. And long story short, that's how I, I eventually met my husband who used my stepdad was a company commander. <laughs> so, but it's really kind of funny. I'm like, you were really brave asking me out. No, <laughs> no one who the, but it, he didn't have any fear either. Right. But it worked out my head. You know, it's just, you just don't know who you're going to meet. And just, I'm just so open to listen to different. I think that's helped me being open to different perspectives. And the one thing that I think has connected my husband and I over these years is we both were from divorced families. We're about the same age when it happened, but my husband took it differently. He was very angry because he was a male. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had a younger sister that I helped had to help take care of. Oh, uh, that's kind of my nature. I was, I'm the middle child too. So middle children are like the bridge. <laughs> that's the, so I had to, I had to help everybody. Right. I was so involved in sports because I did not want to go home. I, I did really well in sports, 
but then creativity was important to me. But at the same time, I had to get a job and earn some money. <laughs> and that's kind of how we, we all learn from things. We all make mistakes. I still make mistakes. And I don't think we should beat ourselves up for it. That's what I really learned the most from my upbringing and from my, my stepfather is that we make mistakes, right? And what'd you learn from it? Yeah, it's really and valuable. It is. And people like Bridget White, I'm doing all these things because I, I'm one of those people that don't like being idle. You know what I'm saying? I've done the, 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 like I said, the screenwriting and the podcast, but it helps that my children aren't little kids anymore. Yeah. Or I may still need their mother, but not the same way. But they have always inspired me. And after dealing with cancer twice, you definitely get motivated to what's in your future to keep doing and reaching for different things. Wow, for sure. Well, I'm sorry that you went through that. I mean, it's hard enough to go through it once, but to go through it twice. Right. Right. And it, and it had an effect probably on my children because they are young when the first time it happened, I was 41 and they were like eight and uh, 11. I had to think do my math in my head. <laughs> they were eight and 11, you know, they're seeing their mother deal with this stuff. And, but they, but I had to be positive for them. That was my thing. I'm going to just be, that's how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. That's why I always, that's why I said, focus on what's real. That's why I kind of where it came from. I think what's in front of you. I, I run a lot too. I still, I was a big runner a long time ago, but I run still because it helps me focus on nature. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. the, I'm not one of those people that people talk about what music do you listen to when you run? I'm like, I don't <laughs> because I want to focus on what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is that and the title I think of your that, book? Um, the first one is called real things. Six Ways to Embrace Life. And the second book is Expecting the Good. And I'm considering doing a third book based on the podcast because it's more information that's happened in six years. You know, a lot more things have happened. And a lot of people do that. They t- they have a second edition or they tweak it. And I'm considering doing that and adding more information from uh, thriving and not just surviving, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that would be beneficial to this day and age. We all just want to survive. And I think that brings you um, more of a a negative focus. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm really lucky. And I I understand that I'm very fortunate and lucky that I can do this. But at the same time, I want to inspire people to just do what else, you know, what else can you do to make you be more engaged? You know, we have so much. Uh, a lot of us get overwhelmed and I'm guilty of that in the past when my kids were younger. Um, but now like I, I have the time on my hands and I want to help other people. And my book, by the way, the first book, I gave a lot of copies to the chemo pod that I was in at the hospital to some of the patients because it was um, inspiring mm-hmm. to them. And just, I, I read it now. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so Positive. I mean, but I am, but it was just like, you know what I'm saying? So I want to get a little bit more deeper. There's a lot of pictures in it too, but to help you think about it. Yeah. Wow. You're a force for inspiration all over the place. Right. I I jump around, but I really am. I am really focused because I get stuff done and I have deadlines, you know, that helps. That helps me. That's why, again, going back around to the, you know, film stuff, it's, I would help, Mm -hmm. help 
I'm just really good at details and schedules and things like that. So mm-hmm. you just never know. So what's next for you? Or what are you working on right now? I have so a couple of projects I'm working on for my clients. So I have to focus on that. Mm-hmm. But I, like I said, I'm going to, I'm considering doing that other book, real things living and, and, and adjusting it to be focused more on thriving and not just surviving. Mm-hmm. So I got to come up with that concept and uh, pitch it. How's that? So uh, we'll see how that goes. So you, d- you didn't self-publish. You had a publisher for your other book. I self-published the other book. And, and that's because I have all the, con- everybody's like, wow, based on the, how it looks. And that's because I know what kind of designer, do you, you know, I just, because of my contacts in the industry, yeah. but this third time I would like to have a publisher help me out. You know what I'm saying? My book, I was so happy that my second book was, um, got into Walmart. I was shocked. I'm like, well, now I like Walmart now, <laughs> but, but it was, um, online, not in the physical store, but you can order it. But because people like the the concept of it and, but then I could tweak that too, but I would, people, I want it to be more, the next book to be more uh, engaging for people who are trying to deal with what's going on, being overwhelmed and just trying to survive. I want to help them because that's how we get through it. It's just every day is a, I just be grateful. (laughs) Yeah. And that's so important. And I just like uh, the podcast, like I, I had mentioned earlier, I think I didn't do much during when this pandemic started because I didn't know what to do. And it, it was, a, I was like, am I wasting my time? And someone talked to me and they motivated me to keep, keep doing it. Yeah. And just like you're, you're in the beginning, you're, you'll, you'll get to that phase. You kind of like, you know, it's just kind of how it is in life. And I thought, oh crap, no one's going to care because of this. But People are liking it. And some of my writing, my, I do a blog too. My son, my older son convinced me to start this 10 years ago to put the information out. I did have a brain. I didn't talk about this. A brain tumor too. It, it, right. It's in addition to having cancer. Yeah. It was brain tumor. It's in between all this stuff. So I, that's not you. I'm like, wow. So I just try to focus on the positive and it, but it was benign. However, it's, it's primary and it's rare. And so that was scared that, you know, what out of me more than anything, but we, I, I'm all about getting second opinions and there, the doctors in Atlanta did not know what to do because it was rare. And I did a lot of research and I got the right people. I got, I went to Northwestern university hospital, which is in Chicago. I found an expert in it. Long story short, I had <clears throat> cyber knife treatment for that which is targeted radiation. Oh. So because the surgery, could have, there's so much risk to do surgery and it would, have, I could have been paralyzed in my face, but you know, I, I just, that's why I started the blog and I've been writing stuff and people have been responding during this pandemic that the writing that I'm doing is very helpful and inspiring because they've been feeling anxious and yeah. uh, stress and, and, that's, and I had one guy write, he was a pastor. He's like, God is speaking through you. I'm like, <laughs> he wrote, I'm like, whoa, I'm not a very religious person, but I thought that was really nice yeah. that he thought that because mm-hmm. it's just the way I look. It's my perspective because I've been down that road, like crap, you know, three times, some major things. And that's why while I'm here, I'm trying to make an impact. 
Yeah. None of us know how much time we have. Right. You do not know exactly. And that's why I want you to, while you're here, don't just focus on surviving, thrive if you can. Mm-hmm. Any, it just, it's just helping one person. It doesn't matter how, you know, like I, I find it annoying when people ask, how many um, podcast listeners do you have? I really don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes, Who cares? I, I was going to say, and they talk about that. Like as we got, I'm sure they must've did it in yours. When you got close yeah. to the end, people were saying, well, what about the analytics? And I actually enjoy looking at the analytics. I get a, uh-huh. get a kick out of it. Ooh, two people. Right, right. Cool. Right. I mean, I don't right. have, whatever. I think Seth even had like a little, a little video clip. He says, it doesn't matter if you, yes. if one person hears your podcast. Yes. And you, I, for me, I'm just trying to entertain people to be honest. I mean, come on, I'm talking about theater. I mean, you know, I think it's, but theater is important. You learn from that too. We, you engage you with it emotionally, right? Yeah, you do. It, it can be a transformative experience. If nothing right. else, it takes you away from whatever you're dealing with for the day, just in terms of entertainment, right. you get some relief. You get a fresh perspective afterwards. You're like, okay, I, I can deal with this. I can handle this. And maybe surviving <laughs> really is where somebody's at, but yes. it gets them a little bit more confident. like, okay, I can get through this and and maybe something else will open up. You, you just, you, you never know. Right. Right. It gives you, it clicks something in your, you know, in your brain for an idea or reaching out to somebody you just don't know. So I, Appreciate yeah. it. And I'll send you Mark's stuff and, yeah. the other, and the podcast sites. And Thank you for being willing to talk with me. And It's I fun. I enjoy it. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we had making it. Check out the show notes for info and links mentioned in the show. You've also been listening to Scott Joplin's The Strenuous Life from 1902, generously provided here by Ragnar Helsbong's wonderful website, ragsrag.com. Share the love by giving us an awesome review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And please pass the show around to your friends and family. And remember to subscribe here wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you want to get into the act, like the Geeks in the Green Room Facebook page. I'm your host, Heather Morrison. See you next time on Geeks in the Green Room.